Spears and Steinberg. You know what the fuck it is. Aries and Andy, you and the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. We lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah. Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Vietnam. There we go. Uh, speaking of those of you in Vietnam, hey, while you're watching this podcast in Vietnam, in Vietnam, would you please like and subscribe to the Spears and Steinberg podcast? You hit like and subscribe. We're not asking for much. We're just asking for a little follow through. Tell a couple friends and, and like and subscribe to our podcast. You hit like and subscribe now. <laughs> we should have some Vietnam fodder in the background, some guns and some shootings and some bombs going off like this is the Vietnam War in the 70s. Yeah. Listen, folks, uh, we have to do this, and this kind of saddens me, but we're at this point. Um, if you want to continue and, and, and to the diehard Spears and Steinberg fans, if you want to continue to see this podcast and the way that you love it, the uncut cocaine, uncensored, all things raw, dick and nuts on the table, you got to go to our Patreon uh, because we're not making as much money on this as we deserve to be. And at the end of the day, it's fucking busy. Uh, so for those of you who will be watching this, starting now on YouTube, you're going to get the censored version uh, because we're making pennies on the dollar. It's when, and it's not about punishment either. It's about the it, fact it's not. That, that it's not it. it We want to put the censor. We want to put the real one on our behind our paywall because we can put whatever we want on there. We keep getting problems from YouTube with the. Yeah, we because of the cursing and the certain type of language uh, or even the topics um, we're going to get kicked off or shadow banned. And yeah. So, yeah. so, so we can't be as free as we want, uh, without the possibility of, well, <laughs> without the possibility <laughs> of consequences. So, um, yeah, when you're watching this, you're going to, there's going to be edits. There's going to be bleeps. Uh, it's not going to be as fun. Uh, but if you want the fun, go to our Patreon. Spears and stop. Was it what is it called? Spearsburg or is it Spears and Steinberger? It's important. Spears and Steinberger. Steinberg. Oh, okay. Yeah. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah. On our Patreon. There's a five dollar one. If you if you if you can't give us a little bit more, that's fine. Take the five dollar one. Yeah, five dollars. goddammit. it. I mean, that's that's for eight episodes. Eight episodes. We do two a week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's not even a dollar an episode. Yeah. You break can't. bread, nigga. Break bread, cuz. Can't even save a dog for that much money. And I'm saying we need Sally Struthers dead. <laughs> Is she dead? I don't know. We need Sally Struthers in the background while we do the podcast. I threw that to you that way. I, I said dogs. You went. You went in your own direction. Yeah. Uh, and if she is 
pass. Dig that bitch up and prop up like weekend at Bernie's. While we do this. <laughs> Is that a dead swollen Sally Struthers? Hey um, guys, we need. Yeah, have somebody working the neck. <laughs> and then he's play Sarah McLaughlin in the arms of the angel. But yeah, uh, and I and again, you know, it hurts my soul to do this because you know I don't like not being able to not be who we and what we are. But we will be that on Patreon, Spears and Steinberg. But from, from here on out on YouTube, we got to do it, man. We got to do it. <laughs> I, I don't care. Uh, can we do this? Can we, like, on, on our regular, if you don't pay and you're watching it on the regular yeah. YouTube, we just have, like, uh, we have CGI flies landing on us all the time. They go for five dollars a month. Right, that, you could you know save what? these guys, Anthony. <laughs> if you could do that, some flies, nigga. You could save these guys. Yeah, you could yeah. watch it with. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is just so fucked up. I, but it's funny though. <laughs> I, I wanted to announce something else, but now you threw me out uh, <laughs> with that shit. Um, what else? What else was there? Um, Okay. Oh, and yeah, to all the new listeners who have just joined us, always email me your thoughts. Spears 45 at Hotmail, baby. I think we got the business out the way now. Yeah, we did. We got <laughs> canceled and we got the business out of the way. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to call this podcast because one thing I want to discuss before we talk about Mama Say, Mama Sam, Mama Busa. Of course, we gave y'all the heads up. Thriller 40, the Annie, the Annie, I was gonna say the anniversary, the anniversary of one of the most iconic, legendary, trailblazing pop icons the world has ever seen, Michael Jackson. But before we get to that, the other iconic MJ. So this is gonna be called MJ and MJ. I thought we did one at an MJ and MJ. No. We did something like that. Yeah, we did. Well, Magic Johnson and Magic Michael Jordan. Okay, we're going to do MJ plus MJ. MJ plus MJ. Just in case. He he. He he. <laughs> um, so I want to get your opinion on this. So, you know, the Bulls had what was, I think, like a, I forget what the actual name of the ceremony was. But basically, the Chicago Bulls, the city of Chicago, city of Chicago, uh, was celebrating the Bulls and their dynasty. And it was supposed to be this big ceremony where, you know, in a perfect world, everybody showed up that was a part of the 72 and 10, uh, three back-to-back-to-back, three-peat championship Bulls. Now, people were wondering, even Charles Barkley made a joke and said, listen, I want to be there. Uh, I want to be there. He wanted to escort either Michael or Scotty there because of their beef. He wanted to be there, which was Barkley, what was, what, what, is what he was saying. But of course, people were going, wow, what's it going to be like with the tension between Michael and Scotty? It's going to be awkward. Well, Michael didn't show up. Scotty didn't show up. Dennis Rodman didn't show up. Like, the fucking stars didn't show up. The only one that showed up that's a big name left, it was the coach. Phil Jackson showed up. I would think Steve Kerr didn't show up. And I would think that they would have allowed Steve to go like, hey, whoever the assistant coach is of the Warriors for this night, you're the coach. So we're going to let Steve go to this important thing. Steve Kerr didn't show up. And the big controversy besides that was when they showed on the Jumbotron, Jerry Krause's widow. Did you see any of this? No, I didn't see it. When they showed his wife, most of the entire arena booed. And she started crying hysterically on the Jumbotron to the point where 
family members had to grab her and console her. So, of course... That is so fucking rude. Okay, before you get there. So, of course, Steve Kerr was vicious. He said that that's disgusting. There's no place for that. The man's widow, she's a widow. Her husband's dead. His kids, his family. He was disgusted by it. Barkley, of course, lashed out and was like, you know, man, those people, man, she did not deserve that. Uh, that was very rude. I, I, it was distasteful. I thought it was awful. It was terrible. You know, so Barkley slammed it. My question to you is, well, you already just said, one, how you felt, but I, wanna, I want you to elaborate. But two, what do you think of Michael Scotty and Dennis not showing up? Well, first of all. Michael did send a video. Okay. That's nice. So he... He planned on not showing up. Yeah, that, that's what a video means. <laughs> right. But here, let, let's start with let's start with uh, Mrs. Krause, whatever, yeah. whatever her name is. Right. That's the rudest thing that fucking uh, arena in Chicago could have ever done to this lady. Classless. That lady had to suck that dude's dick to keep him from being any worse than he already was. Without her, that team could have been broken up years ago. Now she could have done a better job. She could have straightened out his eye if she would have sucked a little harder. But my point is, she still was willing to do it. And to do that to her I was so fucking did not rude. see that coming. Was so rude. Neither did she several times, I'm sure. <laughs> but the point is, <laughs> she... So now that Andy's throwing his dick on the table, it's censored. She took one time after time for the city of Chicago, and you fucking booed her. Fuck you, Chicago. That's fucking rude. As far as, like I said, uh, Michael planned on not showing up. He he let his intentions out early. He sent a video. Right. That's that's like you know I'm that's that's basically his RSVP not attending. Uh, so that's that. Do, do you do you look at him sideways for that? Is he wrong for not showing up? Yeah, I I think so. I, and the reason I'm really going to be honest, and I think so, I don't know what his, you know, I, he's a, he's a business man. Yeah. Okay. So. The city of Chicago. So he might, you know, I can't say that he didn't have something that was a prior engagement that was more important that he had to get done. I right. mean, this is just, this is trimmings on the tree. I mean, it, 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 the, the championships are won. Everything's hung up. Right. This is just the extra that they do just to remind Chicago that they didn't always have a losing basketball team. Yeah. So this is what this is. Um, but he he's the biggest star. He's the one that put all that together. He's the one that brings it together. So everyone else coming uh, after him is secondary. Him not being there was, is the priority. Right. So that, that's why I think it would be that way. Now, if Scotty didn't show up, maybe he didn't want to show up because he didn't know if, if Michael was going to invite his son, who's going to bring his ex-wife who's with his son. I mean, honestly, you have to think about that. Well, I, listen, you, you'd be, you'd be crazy if you didn't think that that awkwardness wouldn't play and, and bitterness on the and on the part of Scotty with all of that wouldn't play a part in that. I think what might have played the bigger part is he hated the Bulls because of the treatment. And and again, this is where it gets sketchy. Of course, he, he was underpaid, he felt underappreciated, but nobody told you to sign that contract, dude. Nobody told you to sit out that game because Phil didn't want to draw up the last play for you. So while I can't say I understand Scotty's position because no one forced you to be in that position. But I know that for him, he's like a big fuck you to the Bulls for those reasons. Yeah, those reasons are, uh, I understand the contract thing. And maybe I'm looking at it from a different eyeball because we see that people will renegotiate contracts even though they're already into a contract, right? And But, but uh, tell you tell me, technically, 
That's the point of a contract. Yeah. If you're locked in, you have to, you know. And that's the way that uh, um, uh, Reinsdorf worked. He even yeah. said, I, he, when he's doing the, he goes, I, I, I told him I wouldn't sign this contract. But he's given it to him. Right. He wouldn't sign it, but he's given it to him. You know, there, there's a point, though, where I think that if you're a, an owner, and I could be wrong, I could be wrong, but if right. you're the owner of the team and you have someone that is essential to the team and has been, uh, you know, uh, the one of the rocks of the team. Yeah. You can go back and you can go, Hey, I'm going to do this, but let's be real honest. He never did that for Michael Jordan either until the very last year of right. the contract. He didn't do it for the best player. And, and we can have the debate over who's the best player. Cause I know some people are going to go do their best player thing. But at that time, there's no denying who the best player of the game was on the court at that particular he time. He dominated the nineties. So, so there's, there's no question. Right. And, he didn't renegotiate Michael's contract. Now, if Scottie Pippen would have worked a little differently, he could have made some more money off the court as well. And I'm sure he did okay off the court, but he could have made more. But you got to go out and you got you to play with the team, even if they don't call your number for the last shot. And the only reason that that, sh- that was going to work when they called the numbers because they were, gonna, they were going to collapse on Scottie. And that left the right. open shot for Kukoc. Right. So actually, what Scotty did by not going in the game is it made Kukoc a bigger star because he had to do it without Scotty on the floor, and he had to take the shot with people in his face. Scotty could have been in, it could have been the the, the uh, what, what's that called? Not the distraction, the, the decoy. The decoy that would have been a great uh, moment for him because he would have set everybody there, and then you got another shooter on the floor. There's allowed to be another shooter on the floor. And, and to your point, and this is what when we go look, man. Yeah, you, you, you could try to argue who the best player at that time was, but you can't argue who the best player on that team was. And that's why even Michael psychologically knew that last championship, not the last championship, the fifth championship they won. Who took the last game-winning shot? Steve Kerr. Mike used himself as the decoy. He said, yo, I'm a, they're going to double me, and you're going to be open. I'm going to kick it to you, make the shot. And, they, and he did. So, you know... Why Scotty wouldn't, from a basketball IQ standpoint, go, yeah, what you just said, they're going to collapse on me, you'll be open. That was an ego thing. He wanted to show people, yo, Mike ain't here no more, I'm the big dog now. Of course you want that, but this is this is like in business and like anything else, your ego always will take you down. That 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 is the truth about our, about, it's it's generally a male thing, but our ego is what takes us down. Let me ask you this. Now, and we do know Krause was the reason the team broke up. He said to the great Phil Jackson, which the most winningest coach ever, I don't care if you went 82-0, you're not coming back. Krause is the reason the team was broken up. Not, right. because, not that they right. broke up. He okay, was, so, yeah. so he ran the best coach in NBA history out of the league into retirement. Yeah. So did the fans have a little right to boo? Not her. But they weren't booing her. They were booing him. Yeah, but she, her face was the one up there. I would. There's no reason to boo. Listen, as much as you hate him for running out the great greatest coach, he did. He did put the team together. Listen, Kraus did put that team together. He went and got these people. It wasn't like. Uh, it I wasn't like Kraus play do it doing it with flu. Yeah, well, it wasn't like the, how they do it today, where the players actually go and grab other players and bring them in. The and, Avengers, for yeah. the Avengers. It was it was the general managers back then, and Kraus built the team. He built the team. He drafted Jordan. He dra- he drafted Scotty. He's the one who made the he he's the one who makes these decisions. So as much as you hate him, you got to give him credit. His problem was, and again, ego. He wanted people to go. 
oh, that Kraus can really build a team. He needed to show that he could do it again. That was the problem with Kraus. That was the problem. Yeah, when you run out to the winningest coach of all time and the greatest player of all time, I hear you. You got to show some class, but damn, man. But, dude, even uh, it, what's funny, too, is to this none of, the, none of this would have happened today because uh, Reinsdorf, the, the owner, would have stepped in and went, hey, you can't do this shit. You know, the owners now step up, and they're, they're right. involved in the day-to-day. Right. Right. It, it was a completely different time back then. Yeah. And it's not that long ago, but it was different on how it operated. Why you don't think Dennis Rodman showed up? Oh, Dennis Rodman probably just forgot. I, 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 you know, it feels I didn't forget, man. I was I was just eating out the back of a transgender's ass. <laughs> I was I was at a party, and you know, I, I was eating out the back of a transgender's ass. It was much. It was really good, and I, you know, I was, it was just, I was just different, man. You know, I was like, what's up? You're blowing your nose. This Andy's blowing his nose. Um, all right, let's jump to the other thing. Dude, I, I had a clip. I was trying to find a fucking uh, link somebody sent me. Uh, Jadakiss is is on, uh, I forget, he's on some podcast. And he's telling a story about when you meet Mike, you have to be dressed right. Because when he goes, you know, Mike will look you up and down. And if you got on the enemy's shoes, he ain't fucking with you. <laughs> Really? <laughs> he goes, first time I met Mike, Mike looked me up and down. He said, oh, he might give you an elbow. Like, oh, boy. And he go, what you got on? He looked you up and down. And if you had to toe with Jordan gear, yo, you, you have a conversation with you. But if you don't have on Jordan gear, he might just give you a nod. <laughs> Dude, I think that's fantastic, man. How cool are you that you could actually do that? And he said, uh, he said, when I met Jordan, I had the sneakers on. And Mike was like, man, your feet look good. What you need? And he said, I told him I need everything. <laughs> so he sent me everything. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine that, though. You walk up to him. Like, if, if I was wearing right. some Air Force Ones, would he go, were you poor? He might. <laughs> or he might tell you, take your shoes off and put them on. Are you poor? You can't, you can't, he, he you can't step nar- up? He's a narcissist, right? Dude, he asked. How could you not be, though? Because he elevated him. Jordan is one of those dudes, and this is where I get upset and why I would defend him. He elevated, him past, he elevated himself past his physical ability. How do you do God-like. that? God-like. How do you do that when you elevate past your physical ability? Because you can fly, ability? nigga. I believe I can fly. No, you hit the weight room. Okay, these guys are bigger. I'm not my, I'm slow. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a teeny, teeny, top, one one hundredth of a second slower. I hit the weight room. I'll hit him with my fucking shoulder in the chest as I go by him now. It, it, he never stopped until he was done. I never asked my teammates to do something I didn't fucking do. Yeah, if I had to get in your ass a little bit, well, then I got in your ass a little bit. I don't think he said a little bit. <laughs> he did not say a little bit. So I played the game. You don't want to play that way? Don't play that way, Rick. I think right. he feels it though. I think he feels it. He's got to. Maybe that's why he didn't show up. Maybe he didn't. He wasn't. He didn't know how that whole thing was going to go, and he'd rather do it on tape and, and take care of the brand. Yeah. Um. Okay. Mama say, Mama say, Mama puta. Mama say, Mama say, Mama puta. I love. I love this fucking doc. This what does fun. that mean? Mama say, Mama say, Mama puta. No, that, that's in the. It's in the documentary. What does that mean? Oh, right. Right, 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 right. It doesn't mean nothing. Just- okay, first and foremost, people, let's stop this nonsense, okay? From, from, and I think it's mostly people from the young generation 
that are saying this. And if you are my age or older and you're saying this, you need to be punched in the face with a ball-peen hammer. Stop saying Chris Brown is just as good, if not better, than Michael Jackson. Knock this horse shit off. If I hear this shit one more fucking time, comparing Chris Brown to Michael Jackson, is Chris Brown an amazing dancer? Absolutely. But I told you, a lot of these niggas OMJ residuals. Marcus Houston, Neo, Chris Brown, Usher, Justin Timberlake, um, all these niggas, man. Chris Brown's a better boxer, dude. Boy, you really... <laughs> ever since we, now we sense it, and you really got your guns out now. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Lift me up and hold me down. Keep me here. All right. Um, yeah, dude, there's only one MJ, and all these other motherfuckers are carbon copies. I love that Chris Brown pays Michael, uh, Michael Jackson his proper homage but stop it. Um, is Thriller the greatest album ever made? And you answered this. You told me what you thought yesterday. I just want to see if between yesterday and today, uh, you had time to reflect and switch your answer up. No, I, I think it's one of the greatest albums ever made. It has to be. It, ha it has to be. Better than Off the Wall? It's, it's not that I don't... I think the Off the Wall is the origin story like he's on he's he's 100 michael jackson and i said this yesterday but that came from a little bit of the disco air and then there's that crossover where you hear off the wall and then you hear starting something and those two are the starting those are the connection between be the two albums time. right and then after that but what i said the the what i said though what i really said to you yesterday is i thought that the uh uh paul mccartney and michael jackson song was the worst song on the album because when it came out that's how they introduced the album right. i was like this is going to be some corny shit i listen can't go wrong with mj I, when I, and, and i like that song but i like michael jackson the paul mccartney part does nothing for me it, it doesn't bother me but even the video was just weird and they well that's that time yeah but they don't it it, it that's not how i would want to release my was that the first song released that was the first song released on, and that was from, from Off the Wall or thriller. thriller? Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, they even talked about in the documentary that they did that song. And yeah. It was done before the album was ready to come out. Right. But it, that, that song came out. I get it. You want to, but this is where it's strategic too. And I liked hearing Michael. I like when you hear Michael Jackson talk in a way that's uh, business like. Right. Then he's being strategic. I, I'm, I'm crossing over was the intent. Right. And I'm going to use the most famous white. Ah, that was, that was another note I wanted to yeah. get to. But do I want to say it now? Uh, you know, okay, let me jump to it then. And you just said, and they said in a documentary, in order for him to really bust through. Well, that, yeah, they said that you're, you're an R&B star until you're not an R&B star. Right. right, and the way for him to do that was to... Cross over. Cross over with the help of Paul McCartney. Why the fuck do we always need white people for validation. It's not for validation. Yeah, it is. It is. It, that's validation. No, 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 no. It, it, it's numbers, man. It, no, you, you're, 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 you're not a pop star. You, they put him in a box because you're black. You are R&B. You are not a pop star a la not black until you cross over a la make white people like you. No, that's numbers, though, too. 
I, I understand it, what you're it's saying. Numbers, but yeah, you, because but, when you're th- when you're 13 percent of the population and the white population is what over 67 percent. This is this is where you fret a stare a little bit. I know what you're saying. It's dollars. I, I know, Andy. It's dollars, but the principle, to some degree, is white acceptance. If he, if he if he he needed Paul McCartney, he needed the white man. This has been a through line so much in history, where in order for black people to really get over, you need white people's help. When you look at uh, uh, the, the the march on the Peteous Bridge. When the first time black people tried to cross the bridge, it was called Bloody Sunday because of the aftermath. When they finally were able to cross the bridge, the bridge, how did that happen? All the white people joined the march. That's that's a through line all throughout black people's tenure. We always need white assistance at some point. I, I think that's there's a little bit of difference between the two things that you just brought up, because one is a numbers game when you have to sell 100 million records. You need. You can't just sell it with one well, with one smaller the, the, minority the community. Li- the through line is whether it's civil rights, whether it's the recording industry, whether it's because the powers and the numbers. <laughs> Listen, as 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 the black community has come further up in and the powers and the numbers and the numbers. When we finally get the opportunity, we always make the difference. Yeah, I'm not. But, but I'm, I'm talking about the first barrier. That first barrier is a it's a racial barrier. I think you. I think, but no matter what it is, uh, in in basketball, you need black acceptance if you're if you're a white athlete, don't you? Oh, God, I'm, I'm just saying, there's certain things that people have control over. I know you you need it now. Yes, the t- the tides have turned. Once upon a time ago, they wouldn't let they wouldn't let, they wasn't would, letting yeah. niggas on right. MTV. Then MTV was nothing but niggas. But see, now in basketball, there was segregation. Now basketball is nothing but niggas. And that that that's the formula. That's what we do. No, but that when is, you let us in, we take over. But that's the bigger story. How do you go from uh, not from R and B to popular culture if the popular culture of vehicles don't let you on it? And that's the bit. That's okay, the question. And that's the part I'm, I'm, I'm for that's let's start with point A before we discuss point D. Point A is they ain't letting Mike, they putting Michael in a box going, you're black. So you're an R&B guy and you can't do this. You can't do that to the point where he goes, I got to I got to get this white boy on my record to help me get through to show them I'm not the box you're putting me in. Well, but see, that's why I'm saying you said point A. Point A is get rid of the barrier on getting into the vehicle. You have to get into the vehicle. And unfortunately, I, I will agree with you that like until David Bowie called out MTV, that was a big deal. That white assistance. Yeah. But it wasn't. But do you think David Bowie did it? Because when I'm what I'm saying is, when David Bowie did that, do you think he saw said it as uh, as a white guy or as a musician who saw that a a, a segment of the of the music a musician a musician. Yeah, a musician everybody should see it that way. And that's how it needs to. But be with seen. us, it ain't seen that way. We're, we're, we're the race first, yeah. and then we're the talent, and the and what what's supposed to be second. Yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm never dis. I'm, I have not disagreed with I know, you. On you, the point. you you don't you don't disagree with me, but but you do a little. You give me a couple no, of steps. To no, 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 no. Because you, you you give me steps. No, because there's 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 numbers in this, and that that the first part to me is how do you get into the how do you remove the barrier so that you can be heard in the first place. Not white assistance. I got to remove these barriers. If white dudes own it, it's not even white assistance. You got to break through the barrier. And I'm talking, and, and that's where my issue lies. The barrier shouldn't be there in the first place. It shouldn't. And we know why it's there, because it's a racist system. You disagree with that? Because it's a racist system? No. 
No, not at all. But it, it's not a system. It's 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 not even a system that's created it. It's just ownership. And I think the system is in the brains. It's it's almost uh it's almost a sickness. I'd say it's a sickness over a system that if you are owning MTV, if you're the owners, you're the white board at MTV, and you have people that are killing it, and you go, I just can't have this black dude on. Why? The sickness is it the sickness because you could make money off of it. That's the goal of the co- of the company. Without any emotion, the goal of the company is to make money. Well, if the goal of the company is to make money, then it should just be about that and that's not what that other shit. Then, and that's what I'm saying. It's not the system isn't preventing it from happening. It's the sickness. It's a sickness. It's a mental sickness in in white power. You say in all the right words, mental sickness, white power. Whether you want to say power or supremacy or whatever other word you want to throw in, the bottom line is. We have to jump through hoops yeah. that we shouldn't have to jump through. Well, you had to. I don't know that those hoops, those hoops, have, those musically have gone. I, I just, when you just diminish it by going, no, no, it's numbers. But it you, is it, numbers. I, 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 listen, I know it's business. It's numbers. But nigga, nigga dollars and white dollars, it, that's where the problem is. It gets seen that way. When yeah. it shouldn't. If it's about, just bottom line, green, well, then let's lose the color barrier thing. Let's lose putting people in a box based on color and say, oh, you're this. You can't be that. I'm not disagreeing with that. Okay. We're saying... You, we're, we're, we're saying we're, the we're, same we're thing. In, we're in agreement because I'm agreeing with you too. I get what you're saying about dollars and cents. Why you need? I, mine was why you needed the white people because you have to cross over because that's there's a lot of money on that side of the table. And that's how they, they do the numbers. My thing is, it's, it's sickness that you don't want to make that money because you're afraid of black people. And that's what it basically, I can, I only thing I can have it come down to. You should start out agreeing with me first. I like arguing Then making you your argument. <laughs> but there are two different things in the same, in, in the same room. Right. Uh, what was your favorite song from Thriller? Off that album. You know, it, it, it's, it's too easy, but it, it, Billie Jean. Yeah, I have Billie Jean too. It's it's just it, the song is going to hold up forever. There's something about the story in there, the beats, the grittiness, but the smoothness. Yes, it has everything in there, and and I like when they talk about it how they mixed up everything that's in that song, and right. that that to me is like that's musical genius when you do, you know. You know, when we were on here and I was saying Prince played all these instruments and he did all this, and I, and I stick by what I, I believe about Prince. But as a, what was ever was in Michael's head that he's able to get onto that paper to make people understand because no one was doing that. No one. That kind yeah. of, that, that, those kind of beats from different places, different genres of music and putting them together where it didn't even make sense. And then it comes together. And I know that there's assistance in that too. I know that there was a lot of, other, I know Quincy Jones is in the room. I know a lot of other people, but this is in Michael's head. Cause I think the, what's missing. And I, I don't know if, uh, if I'm wrong when I would say this, because uh, I, I could be wrong because I don't know if it would sell, right. but I would love to hear all the acapella versions of everything that was done to make thriller. And then the songs without the music with Michael. Yeah, without the music, I yeah. want to hear that because it, it, when you hear the, fir- the, the first sets of uh, the, the Thriller album, the first songs, would before right. they're finished, when he's just still trying to, yeah. and he doesn't even have all the words, yeah. and he's, 
dude, it's not good. It's not great. It's not because the greatness of Billie Jean is unbelievable. When you hear it though, without the words and you hear it and then you kind of go, just the music. Yeah. And, and then him right. singing, the, right. but there's, and then he's just kind of doing like a little kind of weird right. beatbox kind of thing to it yeah. because he doesn't have all the words yet. And you can hear the wheels. You can hear the wheels turning in his head. You can, you know, you're experiencing this song before it was finished. And I think that if you're a musical music fan and you're a fan of Michael Jackson, you want to hear that because you want to be part we can still, because they have that recorded, you could still be part of the development and, and the, the birthing of that song, which is kind of amazing. I wonder what makes a guy like Quincy Jones retire. When you're the Phil Jackson of like production, where you can bring in all these sounds, specialists who play this instrument, that instrument, and blend all that shit harmoniously together for the perfect artist. You know, it's like, you know and, and I hope I'm, I'm not off with, the basketball analogy, but like, again, you look at the Bulls coaching team for, for that 72 and 10 run or for those last three championships. It wasn't just Phil, Phil, Tex winner, whoever else was a part of that staff. And it's like, if you got Quincy Jones orchestrating all of that, and then whoever those other guy, hey, this guy's going to do this. With, I think on one of the songs, was it uh, Beat It? They brought in Eddie Van Halen, you know, to play the, 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 the guitar for Beat It. So it's like a you bring in an Eddie Van Halen, you 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 bring in this guy for drums, you bring in this specialist for this, and then you got Michael, who's the Michael Jordan, the MJ of the of the of the album, and then with all of this tutelage and all of this coming together, it's it's what makes a guy like Quincy Jones just retire? Honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this question in a different way. Do you think that? the technology and so much of it has it moved past him not only moved past him but do you think it takes out some of the the fun for what he wanted for how he used to work i'm glad you asked that because now that's going to bring me back to something uh and to answer that i I think it could uh but maybe now you'll help answer your own question because when we talked about it in the car on the way to the club and you were telling me about again how if you were uh, a dj uh with some of these michael jackson albums how your mix would be incredible. And I go, you know, back when I was coming up and you were coming up, DJing was a guy with a crate, two, turn, two, turn two tables and a crate full of records. And, and, a, and, and, a, and a mixer. And a mixer. And everything is computers now. Yeah. So is the art of DJing not... It's a different it's, art. It's a different art. Is it for the better or worse? Of course, I'm going to lead towards the older style. But let me ask you this. Well, no, 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 no. But is, are you doing that for nostalgia purposes? Or you really mean, yo, fuck that. The skill, t- the skill level was different. Okay. You had to have a different skill level. You had to be able to put the beats together. And you had to be able to do things in a different way without the computer doing it for you. You can, you can put your beats together on a computer now. You don't have to, like, uh, like certain songs, like they're talking about, and you hear it in there. I think they said that... Uh, I don't know if Billie Jean's at 116 or 118 beats per, per minute. And then you might have another song that's 96 beats a minute. But at that time, I, most things were in between 110 and 120. So you weren't too far off, but you still had to phase those in together. You had a, you, there, there's a, there's a controller on your techniques, 1200, if that's what you had, which you should have if you were, if you were making money as a DJ and you, and you get those and put those in phase or a little bit out of phase right. so you could hear the mix. But like when the dude was talking about it and he said like, uh, I'm really saying something, saying something, he talks about how uh, the same mama say, mama say that, that 
Uh, and he said, that's the best part because then you can mix that to your next song. Nah, that wasn't for your next song, though. Right. That was because you had everybody on the dance floor and they were loving that song. So you would take in and you would take in another copy of that song. You would put that in there and then you would mix those together using that. So that and, and it's, it's a trick because then your beats, you didn't have to have it exactly right on point. But and you could do something even better. You can pick it a little bit out of phase and then you can hear a little echo, a little delay on it. So it almost sounds bigger. And then you can do that. Or you, I, I used to love to take things that you would recognize right away, like Shaka right. Khan. Shaka Khan said that intro to Shaka Khan. Shaka, Shaka Khan. Khan. Dude, sometimes you just slide that right into somebody else's song and people go, oh shit, Shaka Khan's. And then that would go right. away and then you go into it. Dude, you, that's what we did. That was fun. And, and, and GTA Andy. And Michael Jackson made that fun because he, doing some of the stuff that he did allowed you some of that grittier, dirtier beats to move that thing. And the hardest part is when you drop some rock and roll guitar in there, that's what can mess you up when you're trying to when you're trying to match songs. But up. if you do it just right, wouldn't it sound as good as like walk this way? Yeah, but it, but it's it's but see, but see what you just did is that do do do. You have to bring something with the do do do, or you have to scratch. You have to right. scratch and bring it in that way. Yeah. But uh, to be honest. A lot of white dudes at that time, they didn't know anything about scratching. They didn't know anything about how, to, first of all, on, on a really good uh, mixer. And I didn't know this because I was working in a club and I was learning how to mix. And you had the mixer and it goes right, left. Right. And, it, you know, it, Keep it, it pulls over and it, 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 the mixer was fine. The pot was fine. That's that's not that doesn't work for for real mixing. You need one that's broken. Uh, so that it just and you you would you could either loosen it up, spray graphite into it, but you needed that thing to fly back and forth because you needed it to be able to do quick mixes. You needed to scratch. White dudes didn't know how to do it. I was very fortunate that someone took a liking to me. I must, I must have been the weirdest white dude that he ever met. It was a black dude and took me to a couple a few black clubs right. and showed me some uh, how to how, introduced me to some DJs and they showed me how to work the mixer. And then that same dude took me to a gay club. And I know that everybody would know, no, uh, DJs are DJs. And he took me to a gay club because the gay clubs mix like the black clubs because they mm. were dance clubs. But they just play all but gay they, records. They had a lot more electronic sounds right. and d that old disco sound. So, but it, it, that's. It, 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 I'm too sexy for my shirt. <laughs> too sexy for my shirt. So but that's how sexy, I learned how to DJ. Yeah. But you, you, uh, you. Let me ask you, and I know I don't want to get too off topic with Michael, but at a gay, at a gay club, what is it? A lot of Madonna, a lot of a lot of Madonna. But at, at that time, disco songs were black music, and in the gay club was the music, man, because that was the freest music. Had most expression in it. Right. Had the beats. Had high energy. They were all over 120 beats a, a, a minute. Right. So that's the energy that they wanted to dance right. to. Uh, it's very it, it, it the disco air, uh, which was a black music, was the music that was in the in the gay clubs. So that's what that's really where. All this mixing came from is from this. Black people take white folks under the wings, and then white folks <laughs> clip those wings and fry them for chicken. Now, you know what? The the biggest supporter of, of black music at that time, other than blacks, were, were was the gay community. So, how you doing? Um, as 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 uh, hand us a box of pizza real quick, as we get ready to tear into this pizza, um. I'm going to ask you, what was your, where were you moment when it happened? Because it was one of those iconic moments in both pop history and television history. Where were you when the moon In the walked? living room at my, mom, so at my parents' I. house. So was I. And that shit came on. Man, it changed the game, didn't Dude, it? 
And when he, when that old dude says, I had to look at it. I called to see if there was some kind of special floor that they built. That's no shit. I was looking for the right, special floor right, too. Right. And and don't lie, they, they didn't talk about this in there. And it's on. It's on bad. It's not on. It's. I think it's on bad. Uh, Mike Michael uh, Jackson did use. Uh, there's a. The, what's the song where he kind of leans? Oh, way oh, far? smooth criminal. Yeah. yeah, there's a thing on the heel. heel yeah, heel. And the nail in the stage. And so everybody else was falling yeah, over on their yeah. face trying to get this right, move. Right. And there were some people that got pretty close to that move. Right, right. But they couldn't get all the way around and keep the yeah, balance. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that shit was that. That was that that little nail on. Yeah, the, yeah. But see, this is what this is something that people don't understand about. But he was such a, a, an entertainer that he, when he's talking about Fred Astaire, called him. Yeah. First of all, that means Fred Astaire and him probably had talked before because still yeah. entertainment, you know, entertainment guys. And uh, he was, he studied uh, the art artistry of being an entertainer. Like, yeah. he, like these moves aren't all like he just originated every one of these and, moves. And, and, he just, took them. And, and I wish I knew the guy's name so I could give him his flowers. But Michael, Michael Jackson didn't invent the moonwalk. No, he didn't. It was a black dude. I've seen the black and white footage. Old school nigga. Uh, who did it? So, you know, Mike gets the credit uh, because, you know, for for what Mike did at that time with television, with, with cable, was that 80s or 90s? It was 80s. No, the moonwalk was 80s. Okay, but cable, was that considered cable television? It, it, yeah, it was yeah, on yeah, network yeah, yeah. TV. Yeah, but it came out in the it, it, Okay, well, was I, I'm just saying the explosion of what television was yeah. in terms of its technology, it, it, it provided a bigger, brighter stage whereas the guy that invented it and plus you can't this is where the racism part comes in again back then with the guy who did it he was never gonna get the shine or the opportunity that michael jackson could get because you know blacks weren't in people's homes like that well there wasn't t the tv but just remember before yeah, cable feel free to get some uh if you yeah, yeah. this is uh actually mark is here uh mark is our uh is aries let me Phrase that is Aries videographer for uh, the making of a comedian movie mm -hmm. that Aries is doing. Um, that's for it, it's for a lot of other reasons, but uh, so that's the, that's the other voice you hear. Just to let everybody know, um, no, but there was only three channels back in the day. Yeah. You know, people people uh, and people didn't have the ability to record everything and then bring it into the home like you you get now. So yeah, this is it is different, but. Okay, you didn't need a white man to make uh, the the moonwalk the most famous thing in the world. No, but as far as dance and entertainment, yeah, again, a lot of that came from us first. Yeah, you know, and big shout out to two brothers who in history don't get enough shine. No, they don't. The Nicholas brothers. I don't know if you know who they are. And again, I learned a lot of this from watching my parents from the from the from the extensive VHS library they had in regards to uh, black entertainers, and you know, like I said, from the from the era of Mantan Moreland, Step and Fetch It, Moms Mabley, to the Nicholas Brothers, to a young Sammy Davis Jr., and all of these were people not comedic, not the comedians I named, but whether it's the Nicholas Brothers, Sammy Davis Jr. Michael studied all these guys, you know? He took a little bit from all these guys. So again, as, as much as we do acknowledge him for being the major pop cultural icon that he was, you know, 
you gotta you gotta you gotta know where it started and give your flowers to the guys that really started it you know in entertainment and and close to this time no one gives any credit to the heinz brothers either are they black yeah i never heard of them yeah you did you know who they are oh yeah and his brother i don't even know he had a brother yeah they're both dancers yeah that's what they came into the industry as dancers and michael michael again heavily influenced by gregory hines so uh, these are all important things, man. It's, it's the history. We don't get enough of the history. And I, I'm going to be, this is where I agree with you and you don't get, I don't agree with you enough on this or I don't say this enough. The reason this happens, and again, I could say it's the numbers, I could say whatever it is, but the truth of it is, just the bottom line truth of it is, the history of, of, of blacks in the country and the, the, the achievements it gets lost in the sauce. It's 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 missing because people don't know the history, and it's because white most history is recorded by white America, and it doesn't get passed down enough into the 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 pop culture, the zeitgeist. It's it's not in there enough, and you have to go back and you have to find it, or you have to be fortunate enough that you came up in it and you got to be part of it and experience it. Which I feel very fortunate that I did come up in. The, I was old enough in the '80s to be part of it. But but also, as I say, more more importantly, you gave a shit. It wasn't like you turned on your TV and went, "Ooh, nigga," and switched to a different channel. You gave a shit. It was easy though for uh, I think for someone in my age, and this is where I think we're a little different. I think dudes like my my group, my eight people of my age. And not all dudes, but I think white dudes and black dudes in this time, we have a different relationship because this is the first time probably I, I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go with only my own history to do this. Did white dudes want it to be the black dudes? Look at the greatest the greatest people are what's happening at that time is nothing but greats. And you're like, I want to be part of this because we're, we're not looking at. Yeah, of course, skin color is always going to be part of it. But we're looking at the greatness. We're looking at what's happening at the time. I mean, I'm looking at my, my who are the greatest people in my life? Michael Jackson's one of them. Prince is one of them. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Michael Jordan's one of them. Who's my favorite uh, basketball player uh, is Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. But I'm not looking at right. them as like these. I mean, yeah, on television, the, they would be the clash of the black and the white. I mean, that's kind of how it was presented. Yeah. But that's not how when you're a young guy and you see the two greatest people playing, one's black, one's white. You stop thinking about it as black and white and you start thinking these are the greatest players. And they happen to be black and white. So it didn't make a difference who you were. You wanted to be one of them. Right. And that's the difference. Well, not if you were for bastard kid. <laughs> There's only fucking one guy to be. Fucking Larry Bird, the fucking the diaper. I mean, I talk about Tom fucking Brady, but let me tell you something. If my balls were people, one would be Tom fucking Brady, <laughs> and the other one, Larry fucking Bird kid. I, you know, I'm gonna be- I, I, don't, I don't, I don't know who my cock would be. Maybe Mark Wahlberg, because I saw Buggy Nights. You know, who doesn't want that cock? So my cock would be Mark Wahlberg. My left nut would be Larry Bird. And my right nut, Tom Brady kid. Fucking the trifecta of genitals. I'm not. The fucking diaper. <laughs> I do not want to disrespect Larry Bird, but I'm going to say this. And it's, it's, it sounds disrespectful, and I'm, but I mean it with all, Just all spit it the out, respect. Kid. If Larry Bird would have been a good-looking guy, he would have been on that Mount Rushmore of of the greatest white guys. Shut your fucking mouth. Larry Bird was fucking <laughs> godlike. He was fucking handsome, kid. What are you talking about? The guy's white. That's enough. 
When you're white, you're fucking perfect. Luckily for Larry Bird, he was so tall that most people didn't have to look at him directly eye to eye. He was not an attractive looking man. You know, that's blasphemous, kid. You know, you know how many times I've jerked off to his image in my apartment? I don't think that... My TV has been soiled with Bostonian cum. <laughs> when I try to change the channels, kid, and I grab the knob, 15 times my hand would slip off the knob. I couldn't change it. The guy's fucking the die for it. Name's Bobby Patterson, by the way. Bobby Patterson, Larry Bird was so good, he did this with looking like that and still became one of the most famous people and had and had uh, revenue outside of basketball. Get a slice, man. Yeah, I'm going to jump on it here in a second. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I'd heard about it several times. But they say that, you know, Michael Jackson, that voice we all heard for all our lives, I am Michael Jackson, wasn't his real voice. Yeah, I've heard that too. And I saw a couple of clips where they said his voice was deeper. And, yo, he was a little bit, uh, he, he was rough. Now, he could curse you out, would curse. I remember there was one clip I saw where uh, somebody was in the studio with him and they were staying there longer than he had liked. And when they finally left, the guy goes, Mike turns to him and goes, I didn't think that motherfucker was ever going to get out of here. And I, that to me, again, mind-blowing because of what we were sold. Just like that's why, like I, I said, I love The Last Dance. We were sold on Sometimes I Dream, this squeaky godlike clean image. And what we knew was, bitch, ho, you know, make that shot, you big head motherfucker. So to know that, yo, Michael's a nigga. Michael Jackson was really a nigga. I, I think Michael's relationship with his mom and his religion kept that in check uh-huh. uh, as, as far as his. Because he was a Jehovah's Witness, right? Yeah, as far yeah. as him being seen, as far as what he would let out of the right, bag. Right, But I, I, now I'm going to stick to this. I don't know how you become that successful in in business. With, you have to have a little bit of that in you. And right. and I know that he did because when he bought the Beatles catalog when my, and Paul McCartney was there to buy it and he outbid Paul McCartney and it was just business. That there's a re you have to have that in you. You didn't do it by accident. You did it because that's you have dog in you. And he did. And that's what people miss. Do you ever, had you ever bought into any of the boogeyman stories that that's partly why he was killed? No. Because he bought the... No. 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 Anybody could have had it that wanted to spend the money on it. And there's other people that had money. Right. But it is funny that even Paul McCartney went, you know, that's enough. And that's he, enough. And yeah, he did, it went high enough that he didn't want to stay in, in bidding for it. Oh, he he tried to buy it too, and Michael outbid him. Yes, dude. Uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are they not the Black Jake and Elwood? Yeah, that's their they whole are the Black Blues Brothers, dude. Underrated, un, un, unknown by most people. I I I think that their their legacy is going to last. I think their legacy is going to last a long time because people will start knowing more about them as we continue. Right. And and how cool are they? Because they're not asking for anything. They're not out there telling you. Well, I did. They're just like right. this is it. We're, but this is but this is what fuck. I mean when I say Quincy Jones and his ability yeah. to pull together the best talent like this dude Rod Temperton, who was a songwriter 
for a lot of these songs. And I went, dude, are this, and listen, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm answering my own question, but are the singer and the songwriter equally as important to one another? Because I always say when you look at it from an acting standpoint, I don't care how great of an actor you are, you need the material. And I don't care how good the material is, you need the actor. If, if Denzel Washington, you know, any of the icons, Nicholson, De Niro, uh, Pacino, if you took any of them and gave them a shit script, I don't care how good they are. It's not going to be a good movie. And if the writing is top-notch, but you have horrible actors, it's not going to be a good movie. So do you give one more credit than the other or they're equal to you? I think that uh, a great singer, great actor, can take good written word and make it extraordinary. I don't think that extraordinary written word in a bad in a bad to average singer becomes stays extraordinary. I think that the performer is the is. If, if if we're going 50-50, I think it's 51 performer right. and 50, and 49% uh the word because that's why people can steal scenes in a in a on a, in a movie because they can steal the scene because they have that they all got this great writing, they got this great script, but one person comes in there and sees something in that and they elevates it to another level. Musically, we all know that people remake other people's songs and you hear one remake and you go, "That was that song? That's way better." And it's the it's it's just the way that it's put together. But then the producer in music has a huge impact on it. Besides the way the written word, and people know that the music. Some people will say that the music is way more important than the words, than the lyrics. Right. Because without that music, without that hook, without that catch, it's you don't you don't listen to it the same way. Right. And, and uh, Bruce Springsteen, and I like that I'm bringing Bruce Springsteen into this. There, there's a song. Um, that he did that man for man covered i forgot the name of the song uh it's uh it's, what's the name of the song i i don't even know but the music in it is so different the man for man got a big hit out of it where bruce springsteen didn't get a hit out of it and it's his music he wrote it but the way that it's produced the way that it's sung is different than man for man's right and so that's that's the you know and and Bruce Springsteen might not like the song the way Man for Man did it. I don't I I don't really even know. I'm not even <clears throat> going that way. I'm just saying that I, that's those are one of the ones that stand out to me because they're so different. Dude, that uh, going back to Billie Jean for a second. I can't the only like when you again when you when that when that song you hear that that could make a paraplegic move, and that shit is so iconic. It reminds me of and you tell me if I'm wrong. When you just again, and, and what's so crazy is when you the moment you before before Michael's vocals even come off, the moment you hear that start to that song, you know immediately. If it were a, a game show and somebody said, "Guess this song," the moment you hear that, you go, "Billy Jean." To me, another song that is just as recognizable and famous and can make you move is uh, Queen's "Another One Bites the Dust." Do do do. Do, 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 do. The moment you hear that, before Freddie Mercury's vocals even hit, dude, you are bobbing. If you watch the documentary, uh, it's not the the movie, the Queen movie. Mm -hmm. 
that 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 was made specifically, and, and that's what's interesting about it. That's made for the audience. So the you should be able to recognize that one right away because that's made for the audience to be part of the song. That's beyond Freddie. That's be that's that's to be uh, in the moment for everybody that's listening to it. So that one's really interesting. I got to ask you this question about uh, um, Michael Jackson and and Beat It. It's my favorite. You said it was your favorite. Is it still your favorite without the video? Or does Billie Jean? Yeah, Billie Jean. Sorry. Right. Does that does the video have anything to do with why that's so uh, important to you? Because not for me. Okay. Because when you look back on all those '80s videos, yeah. But that's completely his <laughs> video is different than the '80s no, videos. No, but, but here's why I'll disagree with that. It, that one to me isn't thriller. That's a game changer because mm-hmm. that was like a movie, and with the and with the the special effects of Rick Baker, which was you know basically to some degree because that's what Michael wanted, was was taken from American Werewolf in London. Right. And I love in the documentary how they said John Landis, the director, goes Michael actually wanted to turn into that wolf. He goes, Michael, you can't dance on four legs. So let's go halfway. And of course, the, the the piece that you got from that was when the face had elongated, which was, you know, from American Werewolf in London. So to me, Billie Jean eh, was like, that's all that 80s, what they could do in terms of the technology. Here's what I think, if, if you're going to say that, God, and I'm drawing a blank, but I hopefully I, you, based off these clues, you can fill me in. What's the video... 80s video where it looks like a black and white drawing uh-huh. mixed with uh-huh that's what that is are you sure the, you know what i'm talking about uh yeah it's uh the, the, uh uh we mark you know what it, uh, take me yeah that's from aha uh-huh, right how's it go take me on yeah yeah yeah, but that's the one where it looks like a, a drawing, yeah. right? And, and then they look in the mirror, and then it comes through. Yeah. And then see that to me is more groundbreaking than than Billie Jean. No, but there wasn't anything like that though at that <sighs> time because that really to- helped tell the story in a different way. But yes, it is still very eighties. The, the, my favorite video from the eighties is is for me because all of a sudden people started spending a lot of money. Michael spent a lot of money, right. and then Tomo comes out with the six hundred dollar video of the Funky Comadina. And that yeah. was the best video to me because he did it for six hundred dollars. Right. So that that's you know. Yeah, but 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 Thriller, hands down, that was a game changer. Well, that was, and I what I didn't know about it, it I knew that uh, the the making of it was on MTV, and I liked that. Uh, I mean, I I, I was at right. home watching it. Was uh, last they, bite, y'all. They didn't have the money for it, and I I never. This is this is why people make money, and this is why I, I'm not going to ever make money because when I'm watching this, I'm going to go. Michael, you don't have to spend the money for it. The record company doesn't want to spend no money. Okay, but we want to do it. Okay, how do we do it? And someone goes, we go to MTV, we give them the exclusive rights, and they're going to give us $1.2 million for it. I would, I would, it would never even occur to me to ask someone else how to pull this off. This is why, but see, again, this is why, and, and you're going to get mad at me for saying it, but this is why those companies, the boardrooms, the people that you're saying, they don't do this. They don't. There are some fucking geniuses in that room because that's how that shit gets done. I'm not saying there are any geniuses. I'm just saying sometimes they got to look past what they're fucking doing. Well, well, they they think that because yes, they're they're the genius in the room that somehow that genius, whatever that is in that room, automatically translates to the creativity part of it. Right, and that doesn't. 
So whatever your genius is in the room with that suit on, stay in that lane. But when it comes to the creativity part, let the artist be the artist. And, and they did that. But here's also something that I thought was funny, and I don't know if you noticed this. But Michael Jackson, and what's really funny, if you really go back in time in your head and you enjoyed this, this uh, doc that we're just, uh, Thriller 40, and you see John Landis through this. Right. That's when I realized Michael Jackson wasn't Michael Jackson yet. He was big. He was a star, yeah. but he wasn't Michael Jackson. You know how you know? Oh. John Landis is just walking around like he's the coolest guy on the set. But John Landis has always been but egotistical he, yeah. like that. But he doesn't have any regard. Like, Michael, and I told him, and I drew him. Right, right. Do you think he would say that? Like, if it was in the Michael Jackson. The boom of Michael yeah. Jackson? He wouldn't walk around like that. I don't know. John Landis has always been a little bit of a prick. Really? He's it, it was his ego that got them kids killed. Okay. So, you know. Yeah, but I just thought that was so weird watching him walk around. And listen, let's give, I'm going to give John, you know, again, something that's a head scratcher to me is I would think that if you are great at what you do and you're a genius and you, for your time, at that time, you're, you're the genius. At what point does that stop working for you? Because John Landis was one of the top comedy directors of the 80s, it, along with a before he passed, the Howard Hughes. Am I saying it right? Howard Hughes? What, what, not Howard Hughes. What, what, what was the dude? Oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. Did uh, all those, the, the Breakfast Club movies and uh, the, the teen movies. John Hughes. John Hughes. You know, and he died, of course, but I, I, would, I would imagine, like so many people of that time, once you get to a certain period in the future, it seems like your magic is gone. You know, I, and I remember we talked about this and I asked you about this. I even asked my mother this. Like, Stevie Wonder is one of the most iconic, legendary singers of all time, as was Michael Jackson before he passed. And, and even when you look at Michael, Michael wasn't belting out the hits the way he did once upon a time ago. Could he still tour the world and sell out? Yes, he's Michael Jackson. But as far as his American, ah, Michael Jackson-ness, that started to fade. Stevie wondering Aretha Franklin, if she when even when she was alive but older, she ain't putting out hit albums no more. Our music, I think, our musical connection to people outside of our bodies to the uh, people, it's a younger person that's connecting in musically. Their soul is opened up different. Their heart's different. They're, as we get older, and we have responsibilities, and we're looking. We, we like songs. We'll hear a hit song, and we'll be a part of it. We'll, we'll like it. But I, I, I think our connection, the raw emotional connection to music and, and our connection to our past, like our history, the things we remember, where we were at certain important times in our life, we're connected to that time period. And I don't think that we either produce or we at that age group are able to receive it. And the youth isn't receiving it that same way. Right. So because that's why music is a young dude's game. Right. You don't, you know, not a lot of people are making it at 70 as musicians. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a different thing. I'm just wondering how fucking great of a comic I would have been if this is how good I am now at this age. If I would have been... <laughs> right. <laughs> no, would I have been a better comic had I started... Obviously, you have more time in, but would I have been a better comic if I related to a younger audience? Mm. I 
don't know. I, I think comedy's different in that way. Maybe. But uh, the other thing that you said, because it, it, we talked about age, uh, the part to me that's the saddest part of this whole documentary is Michael when he was no longer little Michael. Yeah. And uh, he, they, they talked about him being sad. And, uh, you know, he was, no one recognized him anymore. He was an adult, right. a young man. And so they wanted young Michael. They wanted the Jackson 5 Michael and him dealing with that. Is that where you think that he gets stuck in his, his age? His age thing? Maybe. Uh, you know, whatever his insecurities were to lead him to carve up his face the way he did. You know, and I remember I saw a couple of times on Instagram where people had pictures of him, you know, when he was still Chocolate Michael and he had the little, like, Jerry Curl. And off the wall Michael. Off the wall Michael. But I'm even a little past that. Where people looked and went, this dude was a good-looking dude. What is going on in his head that he can't see what we all saw? Like, dude, you're a good-looking guy. Well, look at the family, though. The family did it. The family carved up their faces. Not all not all the guys. Well, Michael but went to a whole nother... Toya Jackson doesn't look like she carved up her face. Yeah, she does. But, but, but she does. But Michael just got so far removed from... Who he originally was. Did it have a little bit to do with the burning of his hair and changing his, how he felt comfortable about himself? I never, you know, I, I knew not because of this doc, but not for years after it happened. I didn't know that the, 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 the explosion from the Pepsi commercial was that severe, that it, it really, he never grew his hair back there. Uh, right. They didn't say that in this doc, but that's, he never grew hair back there. That, was, right. that, that skin died right there. And there was a lot of insecurity from that. Okay, but your hair ain't your face. No. You know what I'm saying? You, you, your face is what people are seeing. Someone said, I've heard that it, it was his, uh, he thought Diana Ross was beautiful. And that there's a lot of that imagery of Diana, Diana Ross had like a little bit more, he looked at her. Man, he, at one point, yeah, off the wall was Afro Michael, but but somewhere after, after the wall, after wall, bad was when it started to go, okay, wait a minute. But before bad, but after uh, Thriller, Thriller, that era. Yeah. He's a good looking dude. He went from that to Japanese anime. I used to do that joke where I said my hair was, uh, uh, I had a big a Jufro, uh, like not not uh, off the wall, but just before Thriller. That's how I right. used to say that in the right, joke. Right, right, right. Um, I got to ask you, man, uh, as a guy who doesn't mind uh, chocolate pigmentation, What'd you think of Ola Ray? Man, I rubbed one out to Ola Ray, <laughs> dude, on many occasions. She, um, if she would have been around in the 50s with that poodle skirt on that she was wearing in that thing, I think it would have changed a lot of race relationships that we had in the country. That, <sighs> that little poodle skirt, well, I remember the first time I saw that. You want any more? Yeah, I'm gonna have one more piece. I'll just throw that. The first time I saw that, she was that was a that was a good that was a good moment. But I already was in love, so dude. When I first saw the thriller video, and he's the fucking uh, do 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 and then the dog, and she's doing that little shimmy walk with him, and that outfit and them heels and the smile and the little laugh and that curl that was shiny. That was a bad motherfucker there, boy. Listen, there was a part 
in the eighties in that era where th- there was a go-to amount of black women that you rub one out to. Fucking Ola Ray, Vanity, uh, Ray Don Chong, uh, What's my girl from Fame? You know what oh, I'm talking uh, about? Irene, Irene Cara. Irene Cara. And then that fifth spot we could give to someone of Spanish descent. No. Who? No? Get to the Cosby show, son. Yeah, Lisa Bonet. Again, she never really... I, I would have to replace her with either Sheila E. or... Lisa Lisa from Cult Jam. Yeah, you could do either one of those. I'm not gonna. I'm Lisa, not gonna lie. But, Lisa, but, Lisa 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 had titties too. But I'm not giving up. Uh, well, I know Lisa Bonet has a special place in your heart. She does. Damn that fifth spot though. That could be Vanity. That could be Lisa Lisa. That could be Lisa Bonet. Uh, Sheila E. Damn. Damn. Trying to think of who else I could put in there at that time. Oh, Laredo, dude. I wonder how she looks now. We should look her up. No, I'm sure it does. It's not. It's not good. I don't think it's bad, but it's like, come on. (laughs) I'm saying. Um, dude, I didn't know that uh, MTV refused to play. uh, Was it Billy Jean or Beat It? Billie Billie Jean. Jean. Billie Jean, yeah. And then it was their biggest hit that they had on. <sighs> How could you refuse it? And, and oh, that, that beat it had Eddie Van Halen on it. Yeah, if you uh, if you ever want to see something really interesting, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure most people have seen it. Right. But look up the uh, that conversation between David Bowie and Mark Goodman and look at Goodman's face as he tries to explain well, it on well, national well, television. Well, 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 David Bowie, uh, the VJ, was it Mark Goodman? Yeah. He when he when Bowie asked why why don't you have black artists, he said, Well, we're a rock and roll station. And I thought to myself, well, the irony is we invented that. So you're gonna use that as the reason why you don't have brothers on, but yet we invented what you call is your demographic that you won't allow brothers to be on that we created. Dude, it's it's always the mix-up. Even let's go even to rap music. When did rap music explode into the mainstream? Right. That's with Aerosmith and, and Run DMC. White assistance. It, it's 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 to pull it over to the to the to to the side of the table that there's a lot of money on. There's a lot of people there, so there's a lot of money. Just saying, I it, this is the way it is. But isn't this the way? If, if everybody is cooperating and it's working together, does it make a difference if we're all on the same? If we're all doing the same thing? If it's if it's being done in a way that's uh, equitable and, and it's meaningful, not just uh, taking advantage of or uh, uh, pushing aside because it's it's not mainstream. I, I think we're in. I, I don't know. We're in a different place than we were then, but I, I still see some of the same similarities going on today. Right. Um. Dude, I didn't know this, and and and, and you know, see some some stats for y'all that they said on the doc. Uh, and this is why again I go miss me with the whole Chris Brown Michael Jackson thing, because this is the power and the legacy 
of Michael fucking Jackson. And you know, this is where we get called old heads. This is where we get, we were accused of being the old man, get off my porch shit. But we're not just saying this shit to go, hey, we want to stay relevant because we're old and this is just nostalgia based. No, no, no. Here are the numbers. Uh, didn't know that uh, MJ TikTok has been playing Michael Jackson shit since uh, 2020. And this new generation has TikTok has 10 million videos created via Thriller. 17 billion views of those 10 million videos and 2 billion likes on the videos. And this dude is dead. Mike's dead. And them numbers are what they are on TikTok. From, yeah. from, I'm just saying, no one else is doing that. Well, I, I do love when, uh, was it Usher that said, uh, if this was, if Thriller was released today, it would still be a hit? Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, in terms of Michael's power, it was so ridiculously global that even during this man's death, He's generating them kind of numbers. His influence. They showed a clip where they said in one part of the world, uh, I think every Halloween, yeah. the entire country gets together and does the thriller zombie dance. That's fucking insane. That is fucking insane. So, so, so again, I am proudly saying, yo, y'all can't fuck with my era, man. We had the baddest motherfucker. Jordan, greatest basketball player ever. Michael Jackson, biggest pop icon ever. Uh, Mike Tyson, next to Muhammad Ali, and even some people would dispute it. Greatest boxer ever. Whitney Houston, greatest female vocalist ever. Like, my era was not to be fucked with. The 90s rap, the best golden era, they call it. I'm sorry, you young people today, man, y'all got trash, B. It's different, and it, it's different. It's it's it's, it's trash. No, it's gonna it, it will recycle through and become something else. It, it it always does. You know what this generation is? This this era defines this generation. One big COVID. <laughs> this generation is just one big COVID. This, this is what they got. This is their generation. It's the COVID era. Everything about their era is COVID like. It, it it will come together. It's it's everything has to go through this period. It's like when you're a little kid and you're a cute little kid and you grow up as you get a little older and this you go is through this, the bumps and the you, acne yeah, and all that. Yeah, you go through that stage. This is the stage of whatever it is that they're going through. I'm sorry to tell them that they're they're in they're they're going through puberty. Man. And once they get past puberty, it might not be good. Yeah, it's you know, something they might will come get. Out of it. No, they might get past puberty and look like John C. Riley. You know, or John, Louis Guzman. We went through puberty and we looked like Denzel and Brad Pitt. <laughs> I did not look like no, that. I don't, metaphorically. <laughs> metaphorically. I don't even think metaphorically I look like that. Fuck that. You come from my gen. We, 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 we part of the same generation. Uh, I, I got more like Ben Stiller. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I just, it isn't, uh, I, I think that everything evolves. And sometimes to evolve, you have to devolve a little bit and then you rebuild. And I think that that's where we're at right now. Right. But they're yeah. doing good. They're doing things better than we did in other places. So I'm not mad at them. Uh, give it, give them to give them a little bit of credit for what they do do. What do they do? 
they're they're uh, trying to uh, connect emotionally and spiritually and mentally to make better decisions than we did. And that is associated with cancel culture and wokeness, yeah. which is fuck the game up. They went a little too far on certain things, and they didn't realize that they would uh, be canceling themselves out on some of these things that they're doing. And I want to I go back to something, see if you change your stance. So when you say Prince was the better artist. I didn't say better. No, 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 but you said whatever you said because okay. of all the instruments he could play. I think he was a better musician. Okay. Did you use the word musician? Well, if I didn't, I should be slapped. That's what well, I then, what Let me be. turn your face because okay. you damn sure said artist. Okay. But you said, and the reason why you said that. Maybe artist, maybe. Okay. Okay, because okay. he could play all the instruments. And I just thought it was interesting that some of the guys in this documentary pointed out how MJ could sing and get his voice and style to match different instruments. So when guys came in and they played, whether they played A, B, whatever, whatever instrument they played, yeah. Michael could make his style and his voice adapt to that. Yeah, so he's so like you singing still, the drums. Right, so do you still feel like Prince is ahead of him? I, 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 think, I think instrumentally, I think Prince is ahead of most people. I think he was, he, he's an amazing guitar player, one of the best guitar players. I, I think that he could play every instrument. As far as I understand, he could play every instrument. I think he, his genius is in a different kind of realm. I mean, what they did at Paisley Park and how he kept everything. He was just smaller. He wasn't in California. I mean, he's in what, Minnesota? It's Minnesota, isn't it? Or some, yeah. yeah. And he's doing everything out of there and he has a different kind of way that he's working. There is something that is on another level with Prince. Do I not think that Michael Jackson's on another level? Yeah, without a doubt. And and then responsible for what we look at a lot today and from artists today. Yeah. No, but here's something else I want to say though. And this is where it's complicated where you don't I can't put them in the same I can't speak of them in the same way. We just named all the people that that oh Michael Jackson Oh, Michael Jackson, this, this, right. this. And, and maybe to some extent, even Prince owes Michael Jackson a little bit because of the barriers that he broke and what he did and, you know, whatever. Who's like Prince today? Another reason my, why my case stands strong. No one. Part of our generation. You know what? And listen, I, I wasn't a fan like that. But if we talk about trailblazers, hit makers, impact players, yo, Madonna. Yeah. Our era. Yeah. Every, every, every chick now in the pop world is, is ripping a page from Madonna's book or trying to. Now, Madonna's chapter should be closed now. Because I don't know if you've seen the video where her with the BBL and she's got the pink outfit on and she's on stage and she's doing a little dance. It's, uh, it's time for grandmama to hang it up. She just has to do it a little differently. If she's gonna she is 65, dog. I know. That's retirement it's, age. It's That's, over. It's retirement age. It's over. I'm just that I, version is hoard out. Yeah, but yeah, that's it happens. People get stuck in their their in, in what made them and, and, and don't and, and Madonna always evolved, but she didn't evolve past this. This is she needed evolution to evolution eventually dies. Well, she needed to she needs to keep she needs to keep evolving. I, I I think she is, you know, she she was a trailblazer. She was ahead of her time. She did a lot of different things. She she made some really cool things happen. Right. Uh Lucky Star is still one of my favorite songs when I was DJing to D, to throw on. Uh she, nothing no, I don't have any problems with that. Uh but yeah, you got to you got to evolve. You got to you got to sometimes sometimes you just need to wear a pantsuit, man. And you just <laughs> 
Motherfuckers was online talking about look like she wearing a diaper. Yeah, I heard that too. Uh, my last thing, man, is uh, when you say, especially when you brought up just being able to hear Michael sing without any of the instruments. Is Human Nature not one of the most beautiful songs you ever heard? It's unbelievable. Dude, oh, my God. What's the bad song on the album? Exactly. Nothing. And I didn't know about the other, the other song, Carousel or whatever, that they... Reaching out across the nighttime. Electric of the way. Showing feet. Good take Oh my God. And to go back to before we get all the way out of this, I just want to say when we're talking about, you know, Michael Jackson being that dude, when they talk about him coming back mad after Off the Wall, I love when he said, I was mad. I, I wanted, you know. I was very angry. Yeah. I was very mad. <laughs> I was pissed. I mean, but did it, he. You you say it and you see him saying, you know, and people talking about him being upset. You know, there's one thing about being upset and there's another thing to putting the work into showing how upset you were. I put everything I had <laughs> into that album because I was in a rage. Dude, he honestly, he could have dropped the mic, walked off and never, ever did anything again and he'd <laughs> still be that dude. It was a beast, man. We would have been talking about him the same way we talk about Eddie Murphy. We would have been going, well, he only had two albums, though. Right. But they were like great albums. And it wasn't like he put out shit after that. No. You know, was bad as good as Off the Wall no, or that, Thriller? No. But that's another problem. You can't put out Thriller and then expect to do, you can't, oh, how you no, do you up no, Thriller? No, how do you, you up, how do you up that? You can't. But see, people wanted him to up that. You can't do that. But you can't do that. That is a once in a. Well, you, you, listen, before Thriller, Off the Wall was a phenomenal album. Most would have probably went, how's he going to top that? Well, and he did it. Yeah, but there's a huge difference between those two albums. One one is the all-time best album, but maybe a little bit my favorite. I, I, when we started this, Off the Wall has a special place for me. Again, DJing, having that music, uh, Michael Jackson at that moment. Dude, it, it, dude I, could, I knew that if I put on a song off that album, I was packing the dance floor. Mm. So yeah, Thriller was great, and I, I could get people on Thriller. There's a, there's a cut. There's a Halloween album that uh, that uh, Richie Cunningham. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Ron Howard. Ron Howard. He did this thing with Disney where there's this uh, where he's going into the spooky haunted house, and there's a girl with him. And I used to cut that. It was just it's just a it's it's a Disney album for like what you would play mm. for or, uh, at your house for when kids are coming over trick or treating. Right. And I I found that, and I put that on the front of Thriller. And then I play that all the way until, and he's talking about it's scary. And then you would hear Vince uh, Vincent Price do the <laughs> right, right. And then I would, then the dune, and then it would go into the thriller. And I would start. I did that at the clubs, and that man, everybody would get it. You just see everybody. This is why Thriller was next level, though. <laughs> you just see everybody get up, and there wasn't an, all the seats now at the club were empty, right. and everybody was on the dance floor trying to get their spot because they knew right. it was coming because it was <laughs> right. like a three-minute intro. Yeah, yeah, And I did that so that people could go get drinks and do their thing, right. and then they would hit the floor, uh. and it would just be... And, and like you'd remix that two or three times. You'd play Thriller. You'd just re, you'd redo it, how you how you'd remix that. And uh, just pack out the floor. And people would just walk off sweaty and disgusting. It was fucking amazing. Mm. It was such a great time, man. I, I wish I could have been there. Because it, it sounds like it. And, and just so y'all know, now that I know, for the all-white linen 
white bitch blonde beach party, yacht boat party. A- Andy's DJ. I'll DJ the first hour. Yeah, well, but it's gonna be it's gonna be all. I want to see. Music. I want to see when that sun hits his hairy chest. <laughs> I want to see just a sweat glistening. And you sure staying in his white shirt? You sure you want that? Because there's going to be some white music on there too. There's going to be some Duran Duran. Yeah, Duran Duran, dude. That's <laughs> niggas. It's white niggas, man. <laughs> Hall and Notes, Duran Duran. Dude, I bought a Hall and Notes album this last week, and it was one of the ones that I never bought because I was like, that was like the radio time when they were like on the radio. Right. It's the one with Private Eyes on. I think it's called Private Eyes. Da, da, pri- da, 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 watching you. Private. I know I'm fucking that up. Yeah, but, I, but I, it was it was for five dollars. It was in the bin. It was five dollars. I was like five dollars. I'm gonna make like once. I took it back and I was like, these guys, man. I was oh. I I was just so like I was in my DJ head and I was like, this is commercial music and I listened to it and I was like, man. Private eyes watching you. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, man. I, I it's one of my fantasies that I have to have come true. Vodka, bitches, you, Star David, Diamond, <laughs> Pendant, nigga, butterfly <laughs> collar shirt, see-through, all white, oh man, crab and lobster on the boat, playing hits from the 70s and 80s, what, and 90s hip-hop? Oh, son. It'd be ridiculous. It would be ridiculous. Oh, son. That, oh, goodness. Uh, it, it sounds like a fun time, but uh, I'll be probably another 10 years older, so you guys may have to wheel me. Shit, you guys man, will I'm trying to get this motherfucker popping in, in, a, in a year and a half. You may have to wheel me out there. Yeah. Well, I think that's a... Uh, Is that a show? Yeah, that's mama a long say, one. Mama say, mama say, mama say, mama say. What does that mean? What does that mean? Doesn't mean anything. All, all the Africans know what that means. We know what that means. Oh shit, I gotta give out dates. <gasps> oh shit. Across the nighttime, electric guides are everywhere. Showing feet. <laughs> That's when the one I want. Damn it. And I just take a bite. And they say, why? Why? Tell them that it's human nature. Why? Why? Nobby nobby that way. All right, guys. Here we go. Uh, guys, February eighth uh, to the tenth, we were supposed to be at Mesquite Comedy Club. That got canceled. Yeah, it says it, it says Mesquite Comedy Club now, but it said Mesquite Pizza before, which is the comedy club. Yeah, they was going to pay us in slices, but they ran out of pizza. So we're not going to be there. So if you did get tickets, we apologize. Not on us, but uh, if you want to go get your money back, uh, I would suggest that you do that. Uh, February 15th through the 18th, we're going to be at the Helium in Buffalo, New York. Very excited to get back out there. It's going to be cold, but excited to be back out there. February 23rd through the 24th, we're going to be at the Funny Bone in uh, Albany. Uh, March 9th, uh, we're going to be at the Holland Civic Center in Holland, Michigan. Is it Holland? I think so. Yeah, Holland, Michigan. Uh, and we haven't been promoting that one because it wasn't on this list, so I apologize. But guys, in Michigan, we haven't been out to Michigan in quite a quite a while, probably like three or four years. Yeah, when was the last time we were there? The punchline? Yeah. So, uh, guys, get your tickets. It's Holland Civic Center. Uh, it's one night only, so uh, get them tickets. We'll see you. March 15th through the 16th, Cincinnati Funny Bone in Liberty Township. Uh, 
March 20. Liberty, 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 liberty. Bibu, March 22nd through 23rd. Funny Bone in Virginia Beach, Virginia. March 29th through the 31st, we'll be at the Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio. April 5th, uh, we're going to be at the Parker in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. One night only. April 11th uh, starts our Canadian rum. We're going to be at the River Cree in Enoch, Alberta, Canada. April 12th through the 24th, we're going to be at Gray Eagle in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, April 13th to the 14th, we're coming back to Funny Bone in Syracuse. Got two days there. And then we're back April 15th, Darfforth Music uh, in Toronto, Ontario, California. Canada, California. Sorry, guys. Canada. Canada. Toronto, Canada. April 19th to the 21st, we're going to come back to the States. Aries, can I get you anything? Do you need anything? At the Improv in Cleveland, Ohio. Just a bit outside Cleveland. April 27th, uh, we're going to be at uh, Bronson Center in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Uh, and April 28th, we're going to be at Olympia in Montreal, Quebec. Uh, April 30th, we're going to be at Bella Rose in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And then May 2nd, we're going to be at the Helium in Portland, Oregon. Followed by May 9th, we're going to be at the Meyer Theater in Green Bay, Wisconsin. May 11th, the Wilbur in Boston. Fucking kid. It's going to be great, kid. Going to have a fucking Jew and a black. It's going to be fucking nice. It's going to be, every, it's crazy. And they're going to be serving food uh, during the show. So whether you smell catfish, fried, or cagilta fish, uh, it's going to be fishy. <laughs> All right? It's going to be leather caps and yarmulkes everywhere. It's Boston, though. Does they have to let 10 regular whites in for a Jew and a black? Say again, kid. <laughs> Don't they have to let 10 regular whites in for a Jew and a black in Boston? Well, I mean, you know, white's white, kid, but, you know, if you guys don't fucking turn to the side and we can't see the length of your beaks, we don't know you're Jewish. <laughs> Bobby Page. Is that a show? That's a show. All right, man. Nothing goes down unless I'm involved. No blackjack, no dope deals, no nothing. A nickel bag gets sold in the park. I want in. <laughs> you guys got fat while everybody stopped on the street. It's my turn. Hmm. You think you're going to live long enough to spend that money, you fucking hump? If any of you are tired of getting ripped off by guys like that, (laughs) 
You come with me. I'm at the Plaza Hotel. You're welcome. You're welcome! Enjoy.